Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Sporting Capital with Cam Luke. Live on your home of sport, SEN. On a Thursday night, right across the SEN network, it is the Sporting Capital. Cam Luke in the seat. The Harcourt's open line is, as always, open. one 736 736 Temper text machine. Firing on up. We're going to talk about the buy rounds and how it must become a round. Equalisation and the question when your team can legitimately have a crack at an AFL premiership. Plenty of news getting around. one 736 We're going to get to Helen and Phil in a split second. Just quickly, we ran out of time previously. Del Reens, I just want to point it out. Uh, I, I understand there's always frustration towards players, and Jack Silvani is occasionally the whipping boy, but you don't play 100 games just because you're a father-son and your dad is a legend of the football club. So I wanted to say that. Jack Martin has had that ongoing calf complaint. He's just started to come back in the last couple of weeks and, and, and play some VFL football. Hasn't set the world on fire just yet. And the Carlton conversation sometimes centres around the small electric forward that can help out Mackay and Kerno. He's the guy. If they can get him... Now, it's a big if. He hasn't quite been able to play the level of which they expected him to when they got him from the Gold Coast Suns, but legitimately... Legitimately, if they can get him right, he's still talented enough and dangerous enough to be a part of that forward line 50, which is dominated by the two previous Coleman medalists. Who's sub for Carlton? It could be Silvani. That's a really good point off the temper text. I'm probably leaning towards it probably being Kurnow, but that's the conversation that continues to be around naming the sub. But you can... If you are Carlton, you can come out and say Jack Silvani is the sub. Now, I haven't seen that. I haven't heard that. If it has happened, someone please let me know. But I would err on Kerno possibly. Helen's in South Melbourne. Anything you want to put on the agenda, feel free as well. one 736 736 Helen, hello to you. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, Listen, thank I'll you. i be really quick. This is a bit of a U-turn. I'm so angry that the gods of... A-League and the gods of Channel 10 are ungodly and not showing the grand final free-to-air. Hang on a second. So now I know there's been a little bit of a interesting situation because the A-League put an extra week in because COVID might flare back up. It was an interesting decision at the time. So we've got this two-week build-up to City and, and Mariners going at it. It... it it's certainly not on free-to-wear. I, I am very surprised no, by this. I rang them today to double-check, and it's only on Paramount. And Channel 10 aren't even showing it 
Oh, I mean, their backup stations bold where they usually have it, mm-hmm. which is busy with thirty-year-old episodes of Jag, and they can't even show it the day after. Okay, I uh, I don't really have an answer for you. In fact, there's no answer, Helen, because I'm very no, surprised. No answer. I just wanted everybody to who likes A League to really. Get back at the gods before the next season. Paramount has been a disaster. If nobody watches it, they'll give it up. Mm. I, I look, I, I, Helen, I'm going to take your word for it in this particular case. It, it, it does stagger me that, you know, of course, there's been a lot of conversation around, you know, the A-League and Channel 10 in the last couple of years and some issues in particular early, but I'm surprised. I'm also doubly surprised that they included that week off. We have a build-up. Melbourne City have got some fan activations. The Mariners likewise. And the A-League are trying to pivot and suggest it gives you a little more time to to get to Sydney for the decider. But, yeah, I tell you, uh, I'm, I'm, I am a little surprised by the fact that Channel 10 aren't showing it on one of their free-to-air sta- uh, free stations. If it's not the main station, it's 10 Peach or 10 Bold. But, uh, Helen, that does suck, and it's going to be a ripping contest as well. Uh, Phil's in Murrumbina on 1300 736 Off the text, any chance we can move on from Carlton? Uh, well, 1300 736 the lines are open. Uh, and this is a pretty decent story that Tom DeConing is back in. But we will talk about whoever your team is off the text shortly. Phil, fire away, man. Yeah, g'day, Cam. How are you going? I'm well, buddy. I watched the uh, Carlton Willie game on the uh, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw DeConing play, but you know he didn't. He was good, but you know not that good. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, uh, uh, yep, I, I get yeah. you. I, I will say this about the game was at Williamstown, wasn't it? Oh, it was a shocking day, it, by the way. Well, that's 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 the uh, that's half of the charm of playing at uh, at Williamstown. Hence why they've been such a great VFL team for such a long time because <laughs> they play that ground and seem to know the wind direction almost quarterly. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I see your point. Yeah, but the whole Carlton side didn't really. Um, we we lost, but not we were bombing it in forward. And nothing happened, and um, it would would get especially the third quarter. It got went in, went out, went in, went out. Nobody led, by mm. the way. Um, so I was looking at who's a potential coming up. I know Dow got apparently forty one possessions, but he didn't do much with it. If you know what I mean. Uh, Paddy Dow's an interesting one as well because he's an inside midfield uh, and he's a guy who plays really well by getting a huge amount of touches in the VFL as you touch on, but that's the one thing that Carlton are stocked with. Now, you know, I'm I'm not suggesting that these midfielders are actually setting the world on fire that are playing in the ones also, but are, are you going to drop a Chera or a Hewitt at this time of the year and play a Paddy Dow? Uh, it, it's a really tough one because... It'd be frustrating yep. for him because he's playing good footy in the VFL. But I, I, I'm a firm believer once you get into the second half of the year, the time for dropping and sending some type of messages is probably gone. And if Carlton are to have any success in this year, and I think success is a finals win at a minimum with this list and what they were able to build last year. And I think you have to have, you know, Cripps obviously and, and Walsh are in there, but you have to have Chera and yeah. Hewitt and these guys playing really good football. So it's it's a really sucky situation and it might actually 
open the doors. I'm not 100% sold on this mm. idea, but it might open the doors on a mid-season draft where a player can nominate to leave the footy club in the middle half of the year or the well, mid-season it, trade period because he's the type of guy that coding, would benefit. Look, the Koenig, um, he's been okay, but he hasn't set the world on fire, by the way. And um, uh, George Hewitt, I, I just reckon there's an injury there because um, he's been really good. And I just think that he has... Um, uh, there's something going on that we don't know about because um, you don't just drop Hewitt, right? He's been really good. Yeah, um, but yeah. the Koning, you know, mm. look, man, if you want to go... Just go. Well, I, I think that deconing coming in, thank you, Phil. It's going to be a, an intriguing Friday night football game that you can hear from 6 o'clock right here on SEN and the AFL Nation crew led by Jared Waitley, the best call, biz, uh, call team in the business. I, I just think that if they're going to play their best footy, he's the type of guy that has to play good footy. And, and, and I think he will play back, and I think it's a really good point being made off the temper text that he might be, in fact, having a look and replacing Lewis Young. A lot of people suggesting that Jack Martin will never set the world on fire. And I am maybe erring on that side, to be fair. But the continual chat, a couple of people here off the temper tech suggesting it's Chad Wingard. Well, that's what they thought they were getting when they went and got Jack Martin. Let's get to Tom in Thomastown on 1300 736 736. Hello, Tom. How you going? Good, mate. What do you got? Um, look, look, uh... Firstly, um, you know, I'm going to just change uh, track of, uh, off the Carlton uh, no dr- topic and uh, no just talk about um, O'Sheen Mullen. Mullen, oh, Mullen, um, <laughs> what, what a story. Coming in, who's coming in for Geelong. Um, obviously, he's uh, won the uh, best uh, young uh, Irish player two years in a row. Mm-hmm. So he's been regarded, he's, he's regarded over there as pretty much uh, the Nick Dacoff of Ireland. Um, he's uh, come over, um, applied himself really well um, at the club. He's, the club's got really high wraps on him. Um, he's been applying his trade in the uh, BFL. And, uh, yeah, it'll be exciting to see what he can do uh, this week. Obviously, um, Geelong has barely got enough players to uh, make up the numbers. Um, but uh, he's in, and that's all he needs. And, uh uh, hopefully he can show uh, something that will uh, keep us engaged for the next 15 years because he sounds like he's going to be an absolute hoop. Yeah, but look, he's, I always find these uh, these Irish, when they speak and their accent, they're, they're talking quickly and... You know, Zach Tui is a very humorous guy talking about the same football club. He had he had, he, he signed. I, I remember when they made a pretty big deal of it, and they were really excited at the end of 2021. There was some family stuff that happened, and he chose to stay in Ireland. And then it's a really good story. He gets his opportunity. They they take on a uh, well, honestly, a, a team that they should beat in the Giants. Who, if you're just joining us, Josh Kelly's not playing. Haynes is out. Himmelberg are all going to miss for Toby Green's 200th. So they got to try and get a little momentum going. This Geelong team who have a great deal of injuries but it does open opportunities for young guys and, and he's one of them so it's going to be good I heard Patrick Dangerfield speak uh, Jared Waitley this morning of course Daniel Hoyne talking about the fact that Geelong probably better off to get their guys fit make sure you give them time to recuperate and have a real crack from the bottom half of the eight come September which I look it's the right decision I just don't think Geelong right now are probably 
probably in the top three or four teams in the league, but they're right there, and the reputation, of course, precedes itself. But gives opportunities, and good luck to the young man this week. Yeah, definitely. Um, look, I think the other thing to keep in mind uh, with Geelong is, like, you know, it, I understand GWS have got some players out, but Geelong uh, had the opportunity to bring in their last recognised midfielder who's on our list in James Willis, and they've gone to um, uh, young Ocean Mullen. But uh, Geelong, if you, if you look at the bench and you look at our centre line that's been named, I understand that the team's not always exactly how it lines up, but you, know, you can go through it. Uh, Geelong's basically playing half-backman um, in our midfield. Mm-hmm. Like we do, we, our midfield is absolutely decimated. Um, and, you know, and, and even our racks are sort of depleted a bit. Um, you know, sure, we've got a pretty, uh, you know, we've got some good forwards down there, but if uh, the ball's not going down there because it's going straight out of the middle um, uh, towards Jesse Hogan um, and uh, to- uh, Toby Green down the other end, uh, Geelong uh, could be in a bit of trouble. And, um, yeah, I'm not super confident, but I'm, I am confident that they'll get all the players back at the end of the year and uh, we only need to be in eighth spot and uh, that's all it will take for us to um, have a chance uh, at, the, at the end of the year because I think if you look at our lot, if you look at, uh, you know, the sort of teams that are in the top eight, um, you know, and with the fact that Geelong will play finals at the MCG even if they were home games, um, you know, it, it, it could open up uh, from the bottom of the draw. Uh, I was looking at the draw today and, um, you know, if, uh, the finals were set uh, with the ladder as it was today. Geelong would play the Dogs at the MCG and then they'd probably get um, Melbourne at the MCG um, in a semi and then they'd have to go up and play probably Brisbane up at the Gabba in a prelim. And Geelong, Geelong fancies themselves pretty pretty well up at the Gabba. They've got a good record. So, um, you know, there's, there's, there's teams up there that uh, they could probably handle. That's... That's where the confidence will be for Geelong fans. So, yeah. Absolutely no doubt the confidence should be there after what they did in the second half of the year where they managed Patrick Dangerfield being the, the obvious one. They they continued and they were winning games. So it makes it a little easier to rest one of your, if not your greatest start. Jeremy Cameron will put number one, but Dangerfield are two. It makes it easier to be able to rest and manage players when you are winning games. And that's what they did so particularly well in the back end and the whole second half of of last season. This year, they're not exactly... They banked wins early at, at, at crucial junctures. This year will be interesting. You're right. If they, if you finish in the bottom half of the eight, being a Victorian team, it makes life easier because you might get some luck and be able to play at the MCG. The, the, the thing is right now with Brisbane and Port Adelaide in really good form, if you had to go and maybe play them back-to-back in a, in a second week of a final into a prelim... If that was to work out, then it makes a hell of a lot of difference, not just to win those particular games, which you can do, but then also to roll up on grand final day and be able to beat a team that, you know, might well be Collingwood or Melbourne, who are a little fresher, finishing in the top four and having the advantage that comes with that. Uh, but I do like the the Irishman, and good luck to him, Mullen, this weekend. Uh, I want a couple of people to wait right there. It's Toby and Dave. I'm coming to you Next, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The Harcourt's open line is open. I want to hear from you also about when your team can win a premiership. Is it this year? Is it next year? Is it not in the next five years? But I want you to sell me one three hundred 
736-736. When can your team win a flag? Warming up for the weekend, it is the Sporting Capital right around the SCN network. one 736 to get involved. Anytime you want, the Harcourt's open line is open. Temper Text has a really good fact on here, and we'll get to that in a moment around finals. Toby's in Surrey Hills. Hello, Tobe. Hey, how you going, mate? Good, man. Fire away. Um, I just wanted to talk about, I'm a massive tipper myself, mm-hmm. and I wanted to uh, get your thoughts on what happens when a new coach comes into the club and what the chances are of that team winning each week, regardless of their form. <laughs> so I don't have the stats in front of me, but there does seem to be a continual conversation around the sugar hit that AFL clubs get. And we've actually seen it uh, be a false bravado or a false narrative in the last couple of years. I don't think narrative is the right word, but we've seen the last three interim coaches get jobs. Brett Ratton, of course, took over St Kilda, got the job, didn't work out. Reese Shaw prior to that didn't work out. And now that uh, I've got it on my mind, I can't remember who the third interim coach is, and he got the job. Just trying to think of who it is. It was... I do apologise. But anyway, they do get that little sugar hit. The last three interim coaches haven't been able to translate and parlay that into it. Reece Shaw, Brett Ratton, and I'm trying to think of who it was, and for whatever reason, might have been David Teague, actually. I can Benny at the back. But, yes, it does It does seem to happen. It does seem to happen. I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but uh, even last week, I know that Alastair Clarkson uh, isn't leaving the club full-time, but uh, North Melbourne most certainly played their best footy for probably six or eight weeks. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, who, who do you rag for? I'm a Brisbane supporter this year, but I was I I am leading the top of the table with the tipping. So I just saw that Port Adelaide are in form and that Richmond yeah. have lost their coach this week. So I thought they would be definitely in with the chance. I, I think it'll be a fairly uh, emotional game at the MCG this week. Appreciate your call and good luck for the tipping. Gary's in Warwick Farm on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Are you want to talk about the Bombers winning a flag, mate? What do you make of it? Yeah, mate, I, I'm just thinking back to this time last year, or not this time, but before the season started last year, there was a lot of rave about uh, the comments that Mick Malthouse made about us and then we're going to win the flag last year. I'm just looking at this year, and even if it doesn't happen this year, I don't think they're far away, but I reckon the pieces could be falling into place for them. They've had a lot of injuries. It's been known they've had the t- toughest draw with the teams and the interstate trips they've had this year. I just think... There's something special, special brewing at the Bombers. They've got their best and fairest has been out all year, and a couple in the top bracket of their best and fairest haven't played a lot of those games either. Like, you know, even people like Welpy, who's coming back this week. I just reckon, let's watch and see. I reckon they could pull a few surprises this season. So I, uh, I, I'm i a little bit with you. I'm bullish on Essen and the way they've played their footy, and I think they're a legitimate chance to make the eight this year. Their, their fixture on the way home uh, is... Ladder-wise, easy or easier than others. I don't want to ever say easy because things happen. And it's, yeah. it is really interesting. Laverde is in. He's a huge He's a huge in. Sheel in. Guelphie, as you touched on, is in as well. And the opportunity last week to stand up in front of a big crowd in a big game against a Richmond team that had beaten Geelong the week before and, and had absolutely decimated Essendon year in, year out for the better part of a decade – was huge. It, it tells you a lot about where the football club is going. Richmond had the game really in their keeping, and Essendon were able to stand up. Of course, a young fella 
then makes a hero of himself in the last 15 or so seconds. Jake Stringer, as frustrating as he would be at different times, he's always involved in big moments. He was at the Western Bulldogs, and he, he does. In big moments, in big games, he's always one who is able to stand up and get the job done and, and just be involved. So I, I think Essendon are a huge chance to make the eight, and I'm going to give I, – I, this, this is a little spoiler. I think every single team, their fan base should have hope, and hope is the greatest thing a sports fan and a football fan can have. And sometimes it's unrealistic, and I think as fans we have to be – unrealistic at times. But I, I think you can make a case for every team can have a crack at winning an AFL premiership except for Hawthorne, North Melbourne and West Coast prior to Tasmania coming in. I think so. I think so. And the other thing with Essendon, a couple of those games that they lost, they could have won those. Like Port Adelaide was winnable. Collingwood game was winnable. Those two definitely, if they didn't have some key injuries in those games, they could have gone either way. And don't forget, Merritt didn't play Anzac Day either. No. And um, he's a pretty important player this season for him. That is true. He was also running out of steam against Brisbane a couple of weekends ago when they played a really good first half. So I think they're most certainly going in the right direction, which uh, all Bombers fans love, but plenty of other fans who continually love the fact that they haven't won a final for 20-odd years and uh, are part of the meme world probably don't. (laughs) Gary, I'm going to throw you some Daniel's Donuts, mate. Say good day to Benny out the back and uh, we'll get your details. No worries. Thanks, mate. Beautifully done. Gary, in Warwick Farm, I'm assuming just outside of Sydney, Daniel's Donuts, 13. That's a dozen. Anyone else craving donuts? Well, you can find your closest Daniel's Donuts at danielsdonuts.com. Dot AU. She's a fun night to the sun. I'm a fun night to get sun. She's a fun night for good fun. I'm a fun night to get lucky. Sporting Capital right across the SCN network, wherever you might be. A good evening to you. If you're in the West, you're just knocking off work. Only a couple more weeks before we get Thursday night football back. Big shout out to SCNSA just joining us. And the Crows aren't messing around this weekend. Last weekend was interesting. Western Bulldogs, similar on the ladder. They had to go to Ballarat. They rested a great deal. Well, they're back in full force this week and watch a really big game. These Crows, these young Crows, have been impressing many, including myself. And now they've got an opportunity to take on the Lions. Can they win the flag, Adelaide? I am going to say... No chance. But they are going in the right direction. Get involved. one 736 736 Duday, Walker, Thilthorpe, Haitley, McHenry and Worrell all in. Gardner, Robertson, Rich, Cockatoo, Madden and Fullerton for Brisbane. Of course, Payne is having a really good year. A really good year. He got Kinkasti's out. Sharp's been omitted and Archie was a sub last week. So we'll see where he fits in as well. Why Port Adelaide play that interesting game. Well, Yada Pulte, as they are, of course, over the Sir Doug Nichols round. My apologies. Uh, Jackson, Jones, Burgoyne and Rioli in. Jonas out with that suspension for the week. Off the text, a little bit earlier, off the temper text, did I just hear the Cats have not made finals just once since 2006? I did not know this. That's 17 years. What happened to equalisation strategies? That is true. That is absolutely true, that statistic. 
But I'm an equalisation fan, and I think the AFL do it almost better than anyone else in world sport. Anytime there's a salary cap and it's policed as well as it is in the AFL. Hasn't always been the case, as we would know, but right now, in its current regime in the last 20-odd years, has been done well. And the soft cap, the soft cap is exactly part of what equalisation is. I think the conversation around the soft cap needs to be continued with a lot of people, coaches, talking about the fact that it's made it extremely hard within club land. But I think the equalisation measures are in place, and I think they work. And I'll, I'll give you some statistics. I'll do it since 2013 because the compromise drafts ended and we we're a couple of years into free agency by this stage. Since 2013, we have had seven teams win AFL premierships, including three that ended droughts. Hawthorne, Western Bulldogs, Tigers, Richmond, Geelong, Melbourne and the Eagles all won flags. Another five teams played off in a grand final. Frio in their only ever grand final. Sydney have played in multiples. Collingwood, the Giants and Adelaide. So since 2013, when equalisation and free agency has really started to come to the fore, we've had 12 teams. 12 teams play in the decider. 12 of 18 Brisbane, Port Adelaide and North Melbourne have all played in prelims. So 15 teams have been in the final four in the last decade. 15 teams. St Kilda have won a final. Essendon have made finals but have lost. And the Gold Coast Suns, as we know, have not been there. So while while I understand there's frustration and the equalisation conversation comes around and the rich get richer is a is a narrative that gets pushed out, the fact is that 12 of 18, what's that, 67% of the comp have played in a grand final. Another three, meaning 15 of 18 have been in a prelim. And if you are in a prelim, if you are in a prelim, you legitimately think your team can win a flag. Brisbane and Port Adelaide have hosted prelims. Didn't quite get there, but both are well and truly up to their eyeballs this year. North Melbourne went back-to-back prelims. St Kilda and then, of course, Essendon and Gold Coast, as I touched on. I will tell you exactly who I think can win a flag this year, and I think it lends more to their conversation around equalisation. Firstly, Cameron's on the sunny coast. He's got a great name. He wants to chat. Cam, what do you got for him? Yeah, g'day, Cam. Oh, g'day, Cam. How are you, Cam? <laughs> I'm, good. I'm good, Cam. It's nice to hear you, not on um, trackside, once on the blue moon. But um, just talk about Geelong's injuries. If you want to talk about teams who can win flags and can't win flags, um, I believe that Geelong maybe can still, if we can sneak into fifth. I know, like the caller rang up before and said, oh, our centre line's depleted, which it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit worried about it, but I think we'll still be there. We're a massive threat on our day. There's not too many sides that can beat us, maybe, other than Collingwood. But the other reason I called, mate, it's um, my mother's birthday today, and she's an avid SEN listener, and I've been listening to you guys since day dot, and um, she, it's her birthday, though. She passed away last year, literally on the 6th of the 6th, so it's another two weeks' time. But um, just want to tell you a little story about it, because a lot of people know her name, Peter Tuck. Um, she took me to my first game, 89 grand final. We went to 92, 94, and 95. And the power of this woman and her ability to just make people fall in love with her, that she did the draw down in the Carlton Club rooms on 95, dressed in full Geelong gear, did the players draw after the grand final, 
And they said, who the bloody hell are you? And she said, I'm Gary Abbott's wife. And she pulled out a thing and said, what do you got? What number is it, darling? And it was a piece of foil. And she just said, go Geelong. And she walked off and we all got kicked out. So I just want to give a big cheerio to my mum and I love SCN. You guys have been a big part of my life. And go Cats for 2023. Cheers, Cam. Love you, mate. Cam, appreciate it. And thinking of you at this time, of course, the anniversary. But there you go. Cam on the sunny coast is a nice story. Uh, look. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Double pass to tomorrow's the run home broadcast live from Bells. It's in South Melbourne. It's a big part of the Freeze MND and the MND and raising money for such a wonderful cause. It's the Brew Manatee Big Freeze, and it's going to be chock a block. And it's very hard. In fact, it's almost impossible to get tickets. I've got a double pass to give away still, and a fifty dollar La Cabra voucher. The goat of Melbourne Mexican food is La Cabra to give away. Simply, I spoke about it earlier. Hope, sometimes unrealistically, is attached to football and sporting fandom. But one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We sit here today, and I think there's six teams that can win a flag. I'm going to say five and a half, and it might be the pessimism of which every football fan has. But I grew up being a Western Bulldogs fan. I'm not 100 percent sold yet, but they're winning games and they're winning it with their superstars standing up. Geelong. I think can still win the flag. I, I think it's a little less likely than this time last year, but then they got going this time last year and won the flag very convincingly. Collingwood are the best team in the league right now. will probably finish as the minor premier, but we have seen many a time in the last decade where the minor premier doesn't win the flag. Melbourne absolutely can win the flag. I think they're going about it a different way than 12 months ago when we thought they couldn't lose a game this year. It might have been... This corresponding round last year where Fremantle took them to the cleaners. Ironically, they play the Dockers come the weekend. Brisbane can certainly win the flag. Port Adelaide can, and I believe that Zach Butters is the guy that can get them over in a big game. And the Bulldogs I'm going to put in it. So we've got six teams that can win the flag. Next year or the year after, I think Adelaide, Fremantle, St Kilda and Essendon should all should all lay claim to actually having a chance to win the AFL Premiership. Adelaide have been brilliant this year and they'll continue to grow since so much of what they're being able to do is based on these kids who all of a sudden have exploded. Tex Walker has been outstanding inside 50. He's a little older, but there's no doubt that Adelaide's core group who is getting it done, in particular in defence, are kids. Fremantle have still got that forward 50 concern, but when you have Sean Darcy, Luke Jackson who's going to get better, and Sarong in the middle of the ground with Brayshaw, then you go a long way to being able to win big games. And I think Fremantle are going to really have a big second half of the year. St Kilda, straight up. Defensively, they are brilliant, and Max King makes them better, and they've got money to play with in the salary cap. Rowan Marshall is still maturing. You got Max King, who just rolled on in last week, and they've found kids this year, like Owens and Caminetti, who will give them a huge amount, a huge amount of confidence, and they've got a guy in Jack Sinclair, who is by far their best player. And Essendon, they've got all these high draft picks from the last couple of years, and I know the frustration is there that they haven't won a final since oh so long. We're talking two decades. There's so much frustration there. But they most certainly should be able to put their hand up and announce themselves in the next two or three years as a legit premiership contender.
North Melbourne have some concerns. Hawthorne likewise. But we have seen teams turn it around if they get the right mix. If I was North Melbourne, if I was North Melbourne right now, I would be offering their first round pick this year. They have two of them. I'd be offering both of them. The other one is linked to Port and next year's. I would say to West Coast, look, mate, Harley Reid here had this year's first round pick, this year's first round pick, which is our second, which will be, you know, 15 or 16, depending on where Port finish, and have our first round pick next year, which will probably be a, a top five legitimately, and then put Sheasel Wardlaw and Harley Reid together for the next decade. Throw Zerhar in there. Hopefully Taron Thomas can sort his life out and go back to being playing good football. You've got Larky inside 50. Sometimes you've got a swing. And I think North Melbourne is in the perfect, the perfect hitting zone under Alastair Clarkson to be able to stand up and have this crack where they have a midfield that's similar to what Butters and Rosie and Horn Francis are expected to do and are already doing. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Are you pessimistic? Do you look at Tasmania coming in and think to yourself, "I'm not going to see a flag for the next decade"? Double pass to the Friday's run home at Bell's Hotel and a fifty dollars Cabra voucher to give away. On the other side of this, hello. Let's face it, you've lost the plot. This is Bill from Reservoir, and I do apologise. You've just mentioned every single team in the AFL, even the teams at the bottom of the ladder that are no good, never once mentioned Carlton. How ridiculous. I apologise. Carlton, most certainly. Most certainly. I've been talking a lot about Carlton tonight. I apologise, Bill. Yes, I believe, and when I said there are only three teams who I think can't win a flag prior to Tasmania coming in, that would be North Melbourne, Hawthorne, the West Coast Eagles, and in fact, I'd probably add the Giants to that, so there'll be four. Carlton fit... Within the other 14 teams, Bill, I do apologise, my man. Yes, I think Carlton can win a flag. And while there is some disappointment and disenchantment at time from Blues fans, it can change in an instant. Uh, Patrick's in Newtown. Hello, Patrick. Hey, how you going? Well, man, fire away. Yeah, look, I think it's it's good to be optimistic about um, young players, but they need experience around it. Mm-hmm. Like, Geelong and Sydney have proven having lower draft picks, they need to learn good habits. Like, Carlton for 20 years have had all these high draft picks. They just get flogged and and they get nowhere because they've added pressure on these young kids and they're not learning how to win big games, what it takes to win premierships. I think it's just really naive just to think that kids are going to win flags for you. No, I, well, I don't disagree with that, but I also think you're in a situation like North Melbourne, when I'm talking about giving up these draft picks, and I mean two in this year's first round and another one next year, you are just using them to draft kids anyway. So you may as well use it all to put in one pot to get the best kid available over the next two or three years, which in the eyes of many is Harley Reid. Now, there is no doubt you just don't put out 22 kids and expect them to be able to get the job done. And I think the Giants did that so much better if we're talking expansion, which is different, so much better than what the Gold Coast Suns did. So there is no doubt you need to have... You know, guys who are around them, be it Zeebel, Cunnington's on the outside looking in at the moment, Luke McDonald is there, even someone like Hugh Greenwood who's been around for a little bit and played in some big games at uh, at the Crows. So there is no doubt, but you're just going to draft kids anyway. If I was North Melbourne or Hawthorne, anyone who's got a good draft hand, I'd be throwing everything to try and entice West Coast 
to uh, loosen that grip on that number one draft pick for this year. But you are right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, go Cats. Yes, mate, go Cats. There you go. Well, they've done it particularly well, and they haven't always gone back to the well. In fact, they've done it very rarely in the last 20-odd years. They've done extremely well to entice guys like Patrick Dangerfield, who was a go-home factor as a free agent, and then also with Jeremy Cameron. So when you bring in two of the best players, Patrick Dangerfield has been universally acclaimed as one of the best three or four players for the last 10 or 11 years, has a Brownlow medal in his back pocket. And then you have Jeremy Cameron, who is probably the best player in the game, or at least he was for the first 10 weeks or eight weeks this year. We're only in week 10, aren't we? I, I, I think that – I'm not going to say luck because when you have a football club such as Geelong and the culture and the way that you sell it, it's extremely, extremely exciting. And I think, you know, Bose is a perfect example of this. They were able to get him – even though there was more money elsewhere. So there's no doubt they're doing a million things right at the Cattery and have been able to bring in quality players just on the back of it. All right, just quickly before we get out of here, I'll get to the ins and outs shortly. A few people just asking. Honestly, Temper text me, 0433981116. If you enjoy the buy rounds, buy rounds, not buy round, buy Rounds Less footy. It's a time of the year where it can kind of drag on just a little bit. Everyone gets in a little bit of a murky type of mood. So here we go. This is what I would do. I wouldn't have buy rounds anymore. I would have buy round. Keeping in mind that we're going to have to change drastically the AFL fixture in Tasmania come in in a couple of years' time. And to even it up, we're going to have to see something radical because we just can't have one weekend or one buy around because once we get to the end of the year, we're going to have teams that have had two buys compared to one and that does not work. So I would just have buy round. Just have buy round. So have the nine games every single week for the first 12 weeks. That includes gather round. Then we have buy round where football, AFL take it off. No AFL football in the week between round 12 and round 13. But as footy fans, we are desperate. And keeping in mind that it doesn't stop the momentum. Like, everyone continues to say, oh, you know, it stalls the momentum, the pre-finals buy. I don't like the pre-finals buy, but we'll pack out the MCG or Adelaide Oval or maybe not Optus Stadium this year or maybe the SCG in round 23, and then we'll do the exact same thing come the first week of the finals the week later. So uh, I... The whole stalling momentum thing, I don't, I don't cop. So this is what I would do. Benny Lyon out the back, he's got to take some type of credit for this as well. He, like all of you at home, big football fan and off the text already, hate the buy rounds. Exactly. So let's make it buy round. Let's just rip it off like a Band-Aid. So what we do, the Friday night, we have a national draft Showcase. So all the clubs, all the scouts, our man, our man Kel Toomey, who watches more underage and state league football than anyone else, we have this big pool of how you can nominate and we just find 44 best players who are expected to be drafted later in the year. They get invited and they, we, have, we can have a live draft. We can have two coaches wherever they are plucked from. But we have two teams play on the Friday night which showcases to us, the football fan, who may not know a great deal of anyone outside of Harley Reid. You might have a state league guy who's averaging 26 touches 
and 21 contested possessions in the NEFL who clubs are clampering all over. And they want to say, hey, let's get this done. So we have a national showcase of players who are on the draft periphery and will all get drafted. At halftime of that game on a Friday night, you have the mid-season draft. And that may include players who are actually playing in that game. So you've been dominant. You've had a situation. And then you may say no. If you get told on the Wednesday you're going to be drafted in the mid-season draft at halftime of a national showcase game, you're well within your rights to say no. Then on the Saturday afternoon, AFLW All-Star Game. Showcase the best women in the country. I know it's not AFLW time of year, but they'll be starting to inch back towards preseason, and a lot of them play in their respective state leagues anyway. So let's have an AFLW All-Star Game. The players know that it's going to be on. When you're the best player in the game, you get a little tap on the shoulder, and it's like, hey, Aaron Phillips, this game's on here. You interested? Let's do it. That's on the Saturday afternoon. Saturday night is the AFL Football Hall of Fame. Let's celebrate it. Saturday night, it can be fully televised, and we celebrate a great first half of the year at the same time we recognise our absolute Hall of Famers and, in some years, legends. And Sunday can be the State League games. We've seen WA and SA go at it on a Friday afternoon last week, last Friday in Adelaide Oval, kind of out of state out of sight, out of mind. But legitimately, change it up. National Draft Showcase, the best 44 players who are on the periphery of these clubs so they get more exposure for us, the football fans. So when we get drafted or when they get drafted, not we, they, we go nuts. Halftime's a mid-season draft, which is getting more and more exposure as it is. AFLW All-Star Game, Saturday afternoon, which leads into the Australian Football Hall of Fame at night. And the Sunday can be the State League game. You know what? Let's put in the EJ Witten Legends game on a Sunday afternoon where you absolutely can't have been retired from AFL for more than five years. EJ Witten game on a Sunday. But a little different, little twist. Lot to get into. What a weekend. Carlton and Sydney tomorrow night. Until next Thursday, see ya.